You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Everybody and welcome to Phillies Backstage. I'm Tom Burgoyne, joined by my buddy and pal John Brazier. And John, we finally found somebody who's more pat, maybe even more passionate about Philadelphia sports than we are. I've been around our guest uh, at mem- many memorable playoff games. Uh, I didn't get a chance this year to be around Anthony Gargano, which I can't imagine what Anthony. <laughs> let's bring him on right now. What was it like for you, the guy, one of the most passionate people in Philadelphia during this whole Phillies run? Oh, my God. It was awesome. (laughs) Guys, first of all, I love you guys. We go back a long time. You both are treasures, and I just love you. I adore you. Um, This run was so magical, all right? So uh, it was so cool from so many different levels because we went into it like, hey, man, just get in, get right. a taste of it. Next year, we'll get Trey Turner, right? It'll be it'll be good. Get a little taste of it. That's all. Because you remember, like, the last week in Chicago, that was almost like my breaking point. Right. I was like, no! They're going to do it. They're going to blow it again in September, and, right? <laughs> oh, my God. I'm like, no, guys, please. All right, all right. Lucy taking the football away. Right. I couldn't believe it, guys. So then, you know, I get in, and then that Friday was was awesome, right? So it's Friday in St. Louis, and we were talking about this. My kid has has a baseball game, so the game is like six o'clock, and I'm I have to leave the house right before the ninth Ooh. inning. All right, so now I got the, you know I get the game one, obviously, right? So I'm, I'm listening to, to L.A. and, and Scott. And we're down how many runs? Six nothing. Yeah, it was, and, and, well, we scored six. Yeah, we, we were down six. two. Sorry, we scored six runs. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. And, and <laughs> we were right. And so we're, like trying, we're down six nothing. It did feel like, listen, yeah, yeah. we couldn't get anything going. going right, right. They got their clothes throws a million miles an hour, right? And I'm going, come on, Daddy, you got to root him in, man. Let's get on base. And, and like every little stage, right? Yeah. Every little stage. And, and then I get to the yard. And, like, other parents are listening, and we're going, yeah, all right. Nice. And when we win that game, yeah. that's when you go, we're, ta- we're winning this right, thing. Right, right. We're winning this thing. Right. I really believe it. And then the Braves, right? So then we steal game one, which was freaking awesome, yes. right? Like, it was so – it was awesome. I, never, I watched that with my buddy Boo. It was an afternoon game, if you remember. We're sitting there watching the game, going nuts. And then Friday – which was one of the most incredible striders on the mound. And it reminded me of CC Sabathia. Yep. CC. I was going to say Bird Hooten because was he go, was yeah. so rattled. No, no, you know. you're right. He was rattled. Just like Hooten, yeah. just like, you know, CC. Remember it, CC? Yeah, yeah. He, he was so amped up, he started to overthrow, and then he walks Myers. Yep, on a and then Victorino. Bat. Yes. Yep. It was awesome. And so, you know, there was the same kind of moment. And, you know, the uh, the bomb, it was just freaking incredible. And you start to go, like, maybe there's something going on here. But we, we still got to face the Padres, right? right? At that point, remember, you're going, 
you know, Dodgers, man. Dodgers are nasty. Right, right, right. And, and we don't the, have to face them. Right. And Padres take them out. It Which was, was another great sign. It was unbelievable. Yeah, that was almost like 93 when the uh, Giants lost. You know, when we, uh, we we got a chance to, instead of yes. playing the Giants, who ruled us that year, yes. you know, we didn't get it. So, same thing when the Dodgers got knocked out. It's like, man, things just kept going right for us. It was, it was perfect, right? But yeah. Padres are no slouch. Obviously. Right, right. They're, they're a tremendous slouch. They're a tremendous I had to get a little slouch. caddyshack in there. Go. Tremendous slouch. They're a tremendous slouch. So that Saturday night, I got to take my, I was so lucky, I got to take my family to the game. So we sat right behind, right in front of the Fox studio. So A-Rod's a good buddy of mine. And so, like, I was texting, ah, and he was swept <laughs> up with the whole Philadelphia thing. Yeah. And remember, we fall behind in the game, right, right was it, 4 nothing. Yeah. Then we come back, bottom of the inning, right back at him. And then we fought, and that was the uh, Hoskins Reese had the bombs in that game, yep. Yep. and uh, that was a moment. There were two moments during that series where, after we win that game, the crowd was so beautiful, man. We sat and we still we stood, sway. It was like a rock concert. We sang the song. Right. Well, you sh- you showed a video on your Twitter account of everyone at yes. the end of the game of everyone. Uh, singing, dancing on my own. Yes, that was from that night. And it was just freaking amazing. Like I felt kinship to everyone in that ballpark. Everyone in that team looking out. And then, of course, the next day, we we were doing a show across the street at Xfinity Live. And so I told my cousin, I said, Joe, do me a favor, come meet me and we'll go to the game. So I, I... you know, go to mids, I go to junior, and he's like, yeah, come come with me. I got you and Ben Verlander coming, and so we're going to go sit with me, watch the game. So, you remember, it was raining, yep. the whole thing, right? So, mids, so mids was, in, I was upstairs with the family. He comes down, and then we got to share the great, and that's when I saw you, we got to share the greatest moment, uh, really, it might be of my life, of that uh, being a Phillies, so even bigger than the World Series, the Bryce home run it was yeah. great. Yep. Yeah. I mean, guys. Yeah. First of all, the spot we all knew it, man. I freaking knew. We we, we even go me, me and Mitch, and we could. I'll show you a video. And there's the three of us. Somebody caught us, and when Bryce goes yard, and I could just see it right off the bat. And we're hogging and jumping up like we're freaking eight years old. It was the freaking best, man. And I, and I tell you what, that moment, you know, I, I, I mentioned this before, that I was with my daughter. My daughter's 15 years old, and she became a big sports fan this year. Always was a sports fan, but we were watching that. My wife's in the back. She's pacing the back of the suite. And when Bryce Harper hit that home run, my daughter and I literally jumped up and down, hugging each other for a minute. And I think that was going on all throughout the Tri-State area in the sense that, you know, someone was bonding with their dad, with their grandfather, yes! with their kid, with their sister, with their brother-in-law. It was a bonding experience. You mentioned everyone's loving each other. I'm telling you, that'll that'll be an experience that I'll always cherish, and I think hopefully my daughter will always cherish. And I think, again, I think that went around. Whoever you were with, that was that bonding exactly. moment that you'll never, ever forget. And that's why sports is important. That's why sports – see, especially in this town – because we're such a close town, and sports transcends just the game. And you guys know better than anybody that Philadelphia fans are not passive, right? Fandom is a passive activity, right? You're watching somebody else do something. Right. 
But for us, it's an active endeavor. We are so into it. And we connect. We can, you mentioned it, man. You connected with your daughter. I'm connected with my two boys, my wife, my cousin Joey. I'm knowing everybody. That I'm, I, after, the, after we win in clinch, I see Johnny, Tom. I'm watching you. And then I see Johnny. I hug. Ah, <laughs> yeah, I'm Charlie. Ah, yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. know, we're seeing everybody. It was, you know, all, everybody who works here, you know, from the, the, you know, yeah. the Phillies organization to the ground crew to everybody. It was just beautiful, man. Yeah. And that's when a collection of souls has that joy, that's important. Yep. It really is. And it transcends just sports. Yeah. And it filled up. I just got off from uh, uh, doing another podcast as a guest. And they asked me, oh, what's so special about Philadelphia sports? This guy was, it was from Canada. This guy was doing the podcast. And I was like, listen, you know, we've been around since 1883. The Phillies, the Eagles have been here forever. You know, uh, it's like your great, great, great grandfather was watching the Phillies back in 1980s. Yes. It gets passed down in Philadelphia. You know, we live here. We don't go too far. We're neighborhoods. And uh, that's just another element of how sports can in. Philadelphia can be such a community, you know, bonder. You know, can you compare the, this Phillies run with any other the you know recent or you know, Philadelphia runs? You know, any other teams that maybe so the only to? one it came to, and this was this was really I felt this one deep, man. The only one that reminded me was the Flyers mm. of 2010. Mm. In this sense, right? We get in. That, that Flyers run, we got in on that Sunday, the last game of the season in right. a shootout. Our shootout, I remember Right? That. Yep. Remember, the yes. Against the Rangers, right? Against the Rangers. And we were horrible in shootouts, right? And we well, get still in. still are horrible in shootouts, yeah. by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and we had that amazing run, yeah. like the Boston, Boston down 3-0 sure, sure. game in the series and in the game seven. And it was just like a fun ride that came out of nowhere. And interestingly, kind of ended the same way where – you know, we're up 2-1 in that series, and then we kind of get no and we get no hit and, you know, whatever. And and Flyers, same thing. We were up in that – we were close. To, we, that series could have went either way, yeah. and we were up losing. The you, goal which was the, the most anticlimactic yeah, ending of a series. Yes. Oh, where all of a sudden everyone – I was at that game. Same yeah, because yeah, I, I think too. we had a rain out here, if I remember correctly, and some bunch of us went over yeah, there. Yeah, we were all over there. And I remember all of a sudden everyone's like, what? What about what? The game yeah. just, ended? just ended. What? Yeah. What? We just our season's over. I know. Right? It's over Nobody time. Saw, no, they right. The Blackhawks didn't even see the goal. No. Yeah. And when I when people are asking me, well, what was why, you know so electric here? You know this run unbelievable. Those seasons that come out of nowhere. Now, not and we John and I both agree. When we went into last season, we thought, man, we brought in Castellanos, we got Schwarber, we still got the top, you know, the two studs at the top of the lineup. You know, we're going to be there. But the way the season played out. Th that postseason run came out of nowhere, and those are the seasons. Yeah, I always think, yeah, the '93, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, Iverson's team, you know, uh, yeah, I love that team. They just spark a city. Now, next year for the Phillies, for us, it'll be, you know, there's going to be some ex a lot of expectations, and it might not have just that same electric, you know, that I thing hope that it brought does. us together. Now, I, now yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm, I'm excited by, and this is what I'm hoping, right? Because I felt like. Baseball is back. Yes. I felt like it was, you know, 07, 08, you know. Like, remember, leading up to this last season was weird 
people watched, because I know I talk about it every day, right? But they didn't really show up at the ballpark. The ballpark was, you know, there's some nights were good, but it was kind of like whatever. And then in the playoffs, yeah. it was like, boom. Right. Yeah. And our players, and you know, they weren't sure. Our players weren't well, that's sure. Well, like, that's what hey. I love about it is that, you know, for years, Larry Anderson has yeah. talked to different players, said, you know, wait till you see the playoff atmosphere. Wait to see the electricity in this ballpark. And, you know, you can talk about it. And all the guys, when we have reunions of, of Chase Utley and Jimmy Rollins and Ryan Howard coming back, they can talk to the current players about, oh, this place is unbelievable during, you know, and the 93 guys can talk about it. But until you experience it, and, man, this year, did yeah, they yeah. experience it? I mean, not only did they experience it, but, you know, obviously we heard that other players experienced yeah. it through the Trey TV Turner because Trey Turner said, <laughs> I felt the electricity through that. And yeah. instead of Philadelphia getting the bad reputation of, you know, I'm not playing there. They, you know, they, they fans, whatever. I, I'm not even going to say that the Trey contrived things that, you know, the, I'm not even going to bring up. Well, what's what's going on Saturday this weekend? Yes, exactly. Right. What's going on this weekend? The guy, right. the guy exactly. beard right. with the reindeer. Right, yeah. right. Now I'm going to bring it up to, Thank to you. play to that national media. But and it was so cool to see Trey Turner say one of the big reasons why he chose the Phillies is because of our fans, basically saying that. And I think everyone felt that, right? How can you not? So you I brought the- a pay ride to you. Yep. And it, it was funny because so Alex was really close with Johnny Marzano, right? Yeah. Who, and the whole thing. And then, in fact, Alex came in for Johnny's funeral. And, and and I met Alex years ago when I was covering baseball for the New York Post. So we're, we're talking and we were texting because he was coming in and I had set him up in a restaurant in South Philly. And he's like, dude, by the way, man, this, this town's awesome, right? Like, this is like um, amazing. And then he's experiencing it. And he's like, dude, I love this play. I want to be a part of it. He's like, you got to do me a favor. You have to have me on because I want to make sure that, like, they embrace me. I like, I don't want them to, to right. boo me. I want to be a part yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah. And so like, I was having them on, and, and, and he was like, well, I love this place, and yeah. the fans are the best, and the Phillies, I'm rooting for the Phillies. And, of course, Topper, yep. like, he loves Topper. Oh, like, he's the best. He yeah. loves him, right? He loves Topper. So, in fact, I went on – the uh, K Rod cast, the it, we play. We were playing the Cardinals. It was, if you remember, July Fourth weekend. We were. It was a Sunday night. We had a Sunday night game mm-hmm. against the Cardinals, and Topper had just taken over. Remember, and so I go on the K Rod cast, and I'm talking to Alex, and we're, we're. He's like, dude, you know, Topper's the man, and you know, it, I'm so happy for him. And we had, we had. We were, um, at that point, playing really good baseball. That was the turnaround of the yeah. season. We were seven games under, you know, get rid of Joe, and then Topper comes in, and we we, we played great ball. Yeah, we had lost sure. to the Giants, which was an ugly series, and then, right, I think the change was made somewhat after that, right? Yeah. And, then, and it's funny because, you know, Topper, when we hired Topper – it wasn't we know Rob, right? Because and we know and people that are in baseball know that he's a lifer and know that he's a very smart uh, baseball guy. But you know, a lot of people didn't know him. You know, it wasn't this sexy pick, right? You know, it wasn't like oh, let's go out and pick up Joe Madden or somebody. Yeah, yeah. You know? um, and same thing when and I'm going to make a parallel with Charlie when we hired Charlie, right? Charlie was there with with uh, um, what's the um, 
the old uh, Pirates. Le- Jim Leland. Jim Leland. Leland right. I remember it was Leland. We remember he stopped to get smokes yes. at the CVS yes. or Broad Street? And I think Grady Little <laughs> and some other people. But, like, you know, I think Leland was a popular Yeah, choice. everybody wanted to And Leland. then we get Charlie, who had been in an organization. People didn't really know Charlie very well. And, you know, and so here you got, in the two cases, you know, we make the cho- the right baseball choice, right? But it might not have been the sexy choice. Yes. And look what happened in both cases. It's It's amazing. Uh, if you go back to Charlie, I'll, I'll never forget. So when I was covering baseball, Charlie was the hitting coach for the Indians. And if you go back, it was 97, I think, 96, 97. And that was that great team uh, with Albert Bell. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had Lofton, uh, Manny, Manny. You go on and on and on, man. Tommy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. right? Like that was amazing. I mean, just dangerous. Right. Alomar. Yes. It, and like they were, they were amazing. And, and Charlie was always a great I remember like I liked talking to him. And then, um, then of course, he manages there and the whole thing. So then when we hire him, I get a call from David Seagate. Do you remember him? I do. Yeah. Uh, Mariners. Yes. The Mariners, Baltimore. Yep. Played with a little bit of the Mets. I met him at the Mets. We got friendly really close. And so Seggy says, dude, you guys hired my guy. You hired Charlie. You mm. got to take care of him. He's the perfect guy for that job. He's going to kill it. I'm telling you, he's going to nice, kill it. Good call. And I was like, yeah, dude, I'm in now. I, I said, he's a great man. I, I always liked him. But like when he's like, you make sure you go overboard, take care of him. And so I, I loved him. Like, and, all, and Johnny knows because, you know, JB and I would always talk. I mean, sure. we always talked about him and, and during the, you know, the, the resurrection of, you know, the whole base Philly yep. renaissance. Yeah, sure. And it was it was awesome. And I agree with you. The parallels, mm-hmm. because you know what? You you guys know, man. You guys are lifers. You understand mm-hmm. that over a long season, you need somebody who's A, a baseball man. Yep. But B, also, is not a pain in the ass to be around. Yep. Like, you got you to gotta foster a good clubhouse, a good atmosphere. You know, you got to be able to go up to a guy, you know, talk to mm-hmm. me. You know, when he's going through something. You gotta be able to do that, and you gotta, you know, have their respect. Yeah, I was gonna say they have to respect you big time. You know, and yeah. both guys have it in yep. spades yep. for sure. Yeah, and, and uh, trust, and trust yes. is a big thing, which I guess is part of respect. Never yeah, throw, because, never throw you guys under the no, bus. No, and, yeah, and you can let them play. I mean, for Gozi, let them play in '93. You know, uh, listen, Girardi, great character guy, but tightly wound. Thompson comes in, he plays the young guys. Yes, we're getting contributions. All of a sudden, we've got this deep bench because guys are you know playing and he just let him play and uh you know charlie you know i think was very similar well going back to charlie too and anthony you know because you're obviously being in the media uh i mean charlie got vilified absolutely crucified when he came in here you know he's he had the you know the virginia the the real deep central virginia accent and you know everyone's like oh my god who's this country bumpkin and didn't give him a chance you know and it was radio and, and not just radio it was it was all over the media and, you know, we knew Charlie because Charlie had been with us. Um, and we knew what the players felt about Charlie, right? But you couldn't – it's tough to tell that to the outside. All they're seeing is, this, you know, Charlie going up there and, and his colloquial, colloquialisms and his, you know, whatever. He's just uh, – love the guy, right? But then he spent, and then you had a big moment in it in the sense that you were hired uh, for Philadelphia Magazine to do an article on Charlie. You just mentioned you knew Charlie from before, and that, I'm telling you, and I'm not just saying this because you're in front of me, that article was perfect, and, and it's what Charlie needed, and it's what the city needed to show 
what we saw in Charlie Thanks, that others didn't. Yeah. And it was a really, really, really good article. And I'm sure to this day, Charlie really appreciates that. Now, I, you know, and you know, listen, I, the one thing I, uh, I'm always serious is that when I was a journalist, I was a journalist. I called the way I see it. And I wrote that piece because I believed everything in that piece. I believed he was the perfect man for this job. Uh, you know, obviously I loved, I love the Phillies, right? So I love all these teams. Right? They're, you know, family to me, man. I, and I want them to do well. And, you mentioned it. I always thought we were unfair. Like we we are a city with an accent, right? Who's we got? Oh, we butchered names. We butchered, <laughs> and then we're we're gonna sit there and right. you know mock right. a good man like that. I always thought that was wrong. It was low rent. We were above that, and uh, and he didn't deserve it. And he was a sharp guy, the best guy for this job. And I'm just. You know, to this day. Yeah, to this day, he, he calls in right in. You, you can text him. Uh, every during, day. Yeah, during the, the run. You, you keep, we were uh, watching games together. Like, yeah, yeah, watch this. Awesome. He's going to throw a curve. Is that the best? I'm, I'm going to do a piece, right, because I have my uh, my little guy's a baseball player. So I, I'm dying to do this story. And I want to I wanna bring Massimo, who is nine, down to Florida and I'm gonna have we're gonna spend a weekend at Charlie's house, and Charlie nice. is gonna show him how to hit. That's oh, awesome, beautiful. And That's I, I want him like, listen, he, you know, he thinks he plays like travel baseball. Yeah. Like, listen, I want you to, and I just want the interactions, the pure interactions that I want to capture between a nine year old mm. and Charlie. Yeah, and the beauty and bonding over baseball. Yep, because this sport. It's such a great sport, yeah. and we got to – I'm so happy because we got to cherish it again. Yep. You know, listen, when your team is not good and the games are long, it's tough, right? It's a tough watch, and, you know, it's hard. But when you have this moment, you have a good team. The good team's a gift. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And I, I'm telling you, I am so uh, – I almost feel indebted to John Middleton for – like, he wears one his sleeve. Like, he loved it. And I, I'm really happy for him because he's a great owner, and he goes all in, man, and he cares about it. You know, there's a lot of parallels, too, back to the 2008 team because you just – you know, also Dave Dombrowski. So, yes. So the, the big – you know, when we had Pat Gillick, finally we had, you know, the guy who's got the experience, who's brought championships to other teams – and all of a sudden, what do we do in 2008, right? Well, then he, then John Middleton goes out and gets Dave Dombrowski. Same thing. The guys had past success. Yes. Nothing against guys before, but right. you're bringing a guy who's had past success, and now Dave Dombrowski. I mean, it's 
it's oh my god! You got to give a lot of credit to John Middleton for yeah. bringing in Dave Dombrowski to. And you know what? Now he's got Sam Fold underneath him, right? Who just got oh, extended. Oh, he's awesome! And yeah. Sam's well respected, big time respected in the sport. And here's a guy that can learn underneath Dombrowski. And then when Dombrowski's ready to let Sam, you know, spread his wings, yes. hopefully with the Phillies. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's amazing. And think about this too, Ant. That as you said, we we clinched that Monday against Houston, right? Well, let's say I'm not not to be negative, but all of a sudden the, the whole thing could get changed in, in a little span. So if, let's say we let's say we don't win that game, and then we lose the next two, which we did, right? All of a sudden we don't make the playoffs. The the fans are upset. We don't bring in the revenue that we did with playoffs. We don't have the excitement to get free agency. All of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden, is Trey Turner going to come to Philadelphia? Because right, now right. we haven't made the playoffs in a long time. He's like, well, I don't know if I want to yeah. come to Philly. They haven't, and all of a sudden, now we have the revenue because. We've done so well yes. in the playoffs, and now all the fans see that. Our fans are excited. The players are excited. Now, all of a sudden, that one little—I'm telling you, man—if we didn't win that game, it could have changed the whole. Oh, uh, you're right. Could have changed the whole perspective yes. right there. Right, it's and like now, sliding now, doors. Like you <laughs> yeah, know, exactly. you know, it's amazing. Like right. one moment, one moment changes, changes everything. The history. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, it's a gr- it's a great point, and it's true. It's profound, man. And sometimes John, I feel like you, there's you, a. Ma- you, you just got profound on our podcast. <laughs> Holy smokes! That's the first. Mark the time. Mark the date, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, and how? Uh, much greater is it for you going into work, taking calls when a team is on a roll like that? Let me tell you, like, it, there's some, and I never understood it, but there is a notion out there that we want to be ne- that talk radio wants to be negative, that ratings are spiked when the teams lose. That's nonsense. The ratings are at their height when the teams are winning, and it's a gift. I went to, um, like, I, I think back to this past run. I went to, uh, there was like a, a pe- what the hell is the name of Tonelli's Pizza Pub in Horsham. Okay. All right? Now, it's a Tuesday afternoon. It was the day of one of the games. Oh, you're doing a remote there? Or? Yeah. So okay. I was doing my show there. Yep. And if it was a Tuesday afternoon. This place was packed. Nice. I mean, on a Tuesday afternoon, mm. there it was standing room. I had people singing this song, chant, let's go Phillies. Awesome. You know, who's, you know, there was a guy, win it for Skip. You know the win it for Skip guy? No. <laughs> so there was, a, there was a guy, who lo- he's from D.C., he lost his dad. Okay. So he decided to take his father's. Oh, yes, yeah, yes. You I know, know the, the story? Yes, I do know the story. And yep. Stott actually yes. got him oh, tickets. Right. Yes. It's a beautiful yep. story. Yep. He was there, mm. and we were. he was telling the story on the air. I mean, it was just, like, incredible. And so you get these moments, and then people can't wait to talk about it. I can't wait to talk about it. Like, I look forward to work. I, 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 first of all, yeah, I'm more of a positive than a negative person. But, you know, it's fun. When our teams are winning and the town's excited, I mean, look, this year is amazing. I think we're headed to the roaring 20s. I nice. always said this is our roaring 20s yeah, moment. Yeah, Right, where the Phillies are going to be good for a decade. The Eagles are going to be good for a decade. Yep. The Sixers are good. You get the Flyers turned around. You know, I mean, look, it's – and this is the union. And this is what it's about. Yep. This way, you know, we can make memories. Because life is just a series of memories, man, and connections. And bring us close together. Do you all right? So, so the Mets just made big time news. Uh, uh, you know, I was talking Correa. about it today. It's gonna yeah, blow right? up all on their faces, boys. Well, <laughs> I can't wait till it does. 
Well, <laughs> I, I hope you're right, Tom, as a Phillies <laughs> fan. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this division, the Braves. The Braves still have – you know, half their team is under 25 years old. Yeah. And so Cone, that's a scary yeah. just – They yes. brought those two kids last year that were ridiculous, man. I mean, I right. was like, yeah. they just have a never-ending – Michael Harris the third and this. I mean, yeah. yeah, they just – they keep getting these kids that yeah. keep get brought up and then Strider and this and that. So Second baseman that came in for, when Albies when got Albies hurt. Albies went down. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, so they're – you know, they're, they're built, right? Mets obviously just went out and got Correa, so the, now Correa's playing third base. So Lindor, right? Correa, shortstop, Alfonso, and they McNeil. Went out, and they just went out and got a Japanese pitcher, and they yes. got Verlander. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that team is, you know, they're shattering all payroll. Verlander and Schwarzer's uh, arms are going to fall off. <laughs> uh, well, Correa's got a history of injury. The Japanese guy's. Has never pitched in the you know major leagues. He's gonna get shot. No, I'm just saying it's gonna be a really good. It's gonna be a really good. I'm not division. biased at all. It's gonna be a really uh, good division, and, right? I mean, it's gonna be a yeah, exciting yeah. So baseball. I, I, it was funny. I, I was, the, we're doing this podcast the week of the Cowboy game, and so today I was doing my hate list, right? Like you know our sports hate list, and I said there was movement in, in on my top five where the Mets have taken number two spot over the Celtics, because usually it was Cowboys-Celtics. Yeah. Huh. But now the Mets are number two. Yeah, the Mets are my number one. They've been yeah. my number one <laughs> since Reyes. Yes. Right? The Fanatics since, number one. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Mets are definitely number <laughs> one. And I, I, I dislike the Mets so much more than the Braves. Braves, I have a weird respect for. I still don't like them, but, you know, they're just the Mets, just their fans, just everything about them. I right? know. Right? And, and, you know, and they, I don't like the it, fact that they're, they're usually – Make the bad decisions, but they're starting to make good decisions. I don't like it. Uh, who made the playoffs and who didn't? We last did. Year? Exactly <laughs> yeah, right. Thank All you. All right. Now, the only good thing about Verlander is, as great as he is, we got to him. We did. Mm-hmm. We got yeah. to him. And you know what? He was on the ropes in the playoffs. He was on Seattle got to him. Remember, they had to come back. And then uh, the Yankees should have got to him. Mm-hmm. And then we got to him and we hit him. So, yep. listen, he's great. And, and I, I think their moves are good. But I think it's going to make for a great oh. theater, man. Yeah, it will. Great. great. I was it's saying that earlier we're, today. We're not playing as many divisional games. I like the idea of, you know, we're playing every team in baseball yeah, yeah, next yeah, year, yeah. which is very cool. Uh, and maybe it's a good thing we're not playing the NL East teams as much this year. But still, those games are usually pretty special. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so I mentioned uh, I mentioned that you know the special moment with Charlotte and saying, but one of the great moments that I'll never ever forget, and I'm sure Aunt you won't forget it either. And Tom, not sure where you were during this moment 
when Matt Stairs hit his home run oh. in, in Dodger Stadium. So yeah. I went to the game with Ant. Right? Yeah. It was yeah. me, you, and was it Glenn McNeil? Yes. It was the three of us, right? Yes. And Cindy yes. Webster and Cindy, on WIP. Right. And we might have told the story before, but I'll say it again. So we're out in L.A., and it was great. We had a great trip, Ant. Remember, you were doing live broadcasts. I was out, working for Fox. Out in L.A., right. I was working for Fox, so I was doing all those broadcast pregame shows. Yep. Post game for the news. So I was working for Fox 29. We went to House of Blues one night, yes, right? Yes, yes. And uh, we met up with your buddy Tim Chambers, yes, right? Yes. Some other Timmy, people. Timmy was with us the whole time. He was the director of, uh, of Mighty Max. Of Mighty Max, oh, right. of which Ant was the uh, screenwriter. So anyway, we, we were at the game and we told Cindy, I said, look, you know, Dodgers fans, a lot of people think Dodgers fans are Chardonnay and celebrities and that. No, Dodger fans can be, <laughs> can get a little rough, right? Yeah. Because you get some of the gangs, right, that are up top. Ooh. And then when the, when the game ends, the, the upper deck converges with the lower deck. And if you're on the winning team, you're not going to be really wanting to show your Phillies colors. Well, sure enough, we're, we're down the st- in the stands and having a great time, but, the, but it's tense. It's a game where, you know, we're losing going into the seventh inning, was it? Yes, was it yes, inning? yes. And Cindy goes up to go get sushi. Who gets sushi <laughs> at a baseball game? I don't care where you are. Cal- I don't care. Well, California I don't, fans. Okay, right. Right. I don't, right. If I'm in Tokyo, I'm not getting sushi <laughs> right at a, at a baseball game. So anyway, she goes up, and then Shane hits the, the tying home run. Right? right? She's all excited. She's like, oh, my God, I'm coming down. We're like, no, you're not. You're hey, staying stay right where you are. Stay out. Stay and out. and I are both very superstitious. We made her stay up there. And sure enough, she misses. Well, she saw it from wherever she was uh, at the sushi stand. Matt Stairs. And, and Aunt, I, I just remember when Matt Stairs hit that home run. We were like, we were hugging yeah. and jumping up and down it like we were eight-year-old kids. Just uh, <laughs> the best experience. It was and, the greatest. And we went out to Yankee Stadium during that whole Oh, my uh, God. That was that awesome. Run. We, we, we saw, saw some, some great baseball, we man. We did. And if you remember that year, Charlie said, before the series, Charlie said, listen, he goes, I'm going to use – Stairs is going to be important for us because I got him matched up against Broxton. And he said it before the series. There you go. I'll never forget. I'm walking with him, and he's like, Anthony, he goes, he could turn on a Broxton fastball. He said, you watch. And, man, boom, it happened. Yeah. I, I mean, that's the beauty of, like, these baseball guys right. – that really, they just they know. know it. They, they know. see the matchup, and and th- th- listen, analytics is important, but it should be married because the true baseball people, without looking at the numbers, their matchups will match the right. numbers. Yep. Right. Yeah. Totally agree. Uh, all right, well, let's go. But we we got to go through your career just a little bit a little before bit. we. I no, love no, it. I know because I is, love uh, it. I love talking about it's this. A chance to talk, but it's just, but it's really interesting to, to to someone like you, who I like the fact that you actually on your Twitter handle you write writer, right? Like I think that you're more most proud of your writing, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously yeah. everyone knows you in Philadelphia as you know the Cuz who's yeah. on the on was on WIP and now 97.5 the Fanatic, but you're you you started as a writer, right? Yes. You came out of Temple. And did you get right into sports but, journalism? Before yeah. Temple, like, and I love this, Ant, because I know, and I've said on our podcast before, I want to be the beat writer for the Phillies. You know, that's when growing up, that's why I went. When you were in grade school, like, were you, uh, did you want to be a writer? Did you, uh, were you a good writer? Were you well-read? Were you, like, into Shakespeare? Like, I mean, you know, like, were you, know, you funny. that kind of yeah, kid? I, I was, uh, and I would. I was a voracious reader yeah. as a kid, and I was, uh, my two loves were sports and, and reading and writing and you know, I kind of married the two, and it, it's funny. I read the page. Remember, back when we were guys who were growing up, 
newspapers was a big deal. Absolutely. And we had great writers oh in this God, town. Yeah, of course. I mean, incredible, incredible writing. I still talk to Gary Smith all the time. He's one of my mentors. Gary used to work for the Daily News. And then, of course, he wrote the, the amazing four pieces in Sports Illustrated because he was a great writer for Sports Illustrated on the on the Phillies and the four aces yep. and during that 11 season. But we had great writing. So, yeah, I mean, growing up, I, I loved it. Played ball and wrote and, and yeah. read and read everything and loved it. So kind of like you, yeah. married it. And then uh, I went right to Chicago uh, from Temple. Wait, wait, did you have a journalism degree from Temple? English. English degree. Okay. Yeah. Great. So I went to English. So yep. I majored in English. Yep. Then we went to um, – then I went to Chicago. I worked for the Associated Press, and there was like a little – there was a little outlet here called the Sports Network. And I talked them in saying, hey, listen, I'll be your Chicago bureau. So they're like, yeah, go ahead. You know, it doesn't matter. I was getting paid like 18 grand a year. And then I started to work for the Associated Press. I did. I freelance. Like what were you covering? Covering all sports? Or yeah. yeah. All Chicago everything? sports. So yeah. um, it was when the kind of like a good fellas and they go, it's when I met the world. And when I was at Wrigley Field, I met the world. Yeah. When uh, the Phillies came in, and if you guys know Wrigley, um, up top in the press box, like an old press box at the top of the stadium, and the visitors' broadcast booth is like right near where the right off the press box, and I see him wearing the white shoes and the powder blue sport coat, and I see HK. Hat. I saw him, and you know, uh, Anthony, nice to meet you, buddy. Way nice. to go, pal! And you know, fell in love with him, and. You know, from that moment, I became friendly with him. And, you know, um, I'll never forget. And uh, it was like, my, he gave me a shout-out during the broadcast. Just nice. met a nice young writer, wow. you know. And, like, like that what, was like, oh, my God. My family was listening. Yeah. And, About what you know. year would that have been when you were in Chicago? 92. Oh, 92. Okay. Because yeah. 88 was the first year of lights out there. So that had 92, already happened. Yeah. 92. You were 92. in Chicago. Okay. And then uh, well, I was sitting at Wrigley, but I covered everything. I covered Bulls, so I got to cover Jordan. Yeah, right. um, I got friendly with them, with him, the Bears, and Ditka, and Jim Harbaugh, and all that. So I did a lot of seeing some Blackhawks, and uh, which was amazing because the old Chicago Stadium was really, really loud. Yep. JR, I got pretty buddy you know, friendly with. So it was a cool city. And then um, I was never forget. I went to there. I like every newspaper guy. You're trying to get a real big job, right? And you have, like, I have shoe boxes full of rejection letters from every newspaper in the country. <laughs> and then uh, I get a call, from, and I was in, I had gone, I had an interview with the New York Post. They were, Murdoch had rebought the paper, and he was starting a Sunday newspaper. So they were hiring. So I'm at Wrigley Field, and Tuffy Rhodes had hit three home runs that day in the snow at Wrigley Field. And the and the, there was a phone phone rings in the press box, and the press box attendant says Anthony Gargano we have a phone call, and it was the editor from the Post, and the and he offered he's like listen I'm gonna offer you a job, do you want to you want the Mets Mets beat or the Giants beat? He ah. said if you take the Met now I was going to take the Giants, but he said if you take the Mets you could start next week. Wow. If you take the Giants, you know, uh, you have to wait like a month or two. And, you know, like part of me goes, well, anything could happen, right? Like, I'll just jump on this one right now. So I took the Mets beat. This is 93? 
This is 94. 94, okay. And so I cover the Mets. I started in April of 94. Then the strike I hit. Ca- yep. and, and it was funny. It was Phillies Mets, mm. August 12th from the vet. And if you guys remember, mm. I, was, so I was covering the Mets, and I had talked to those guys. The players got their own transportation back to Shea Stadium. And, of course, I was like, you know, I was living in Philly the whole time. And I was just flying out of PHL. And I would drive up to Shea and do other stuff. And I would just, because I was living in, I was living in my grandma's house in South Philly. Yeah. And uh, I rode up the turnpike with those guys. And it was like, that was the dateline on the Jersey turnpike to nowhere. <laughs> and we, because we didn't know what would happen. And then, you know, strike hits and the season's canceled and everything else. It was pretty, it was, uh, it was profound. So how did that affect your job? Did you have to then talk business? Cover the negotiation. Yeah, the business part of the sport? Uh, I hated it. Yeah, Yeah. that's the worst. I hated it. And, you know, at that point, the union was really the New York Times, uh, Mary Chaz, I'll never forget. It was a really good reporter. He had the union locked up. And I would have to go to O'Hare Airport. All these meetings would happen at these hotels at the airports to make it easier for all the owners to fly in. So usually it was at O'Hare because it would be middle of the country. And, I, you know, again, I just wanted to write about baseball. I didn't want to write about, you know, labor negotiations. Yeah. And stuff, truthfully, I was young. I didn't understand half the stuff. And, you know, that was kind of what it was. And then they had me do other things. So I was doing NBA, NFL, co- college. And then I did another – I did the 95. I did the – I was on the Scab Mets. For the 95, remember we had the scab guys yeah, do, for yeah. spring yeah. training. Yeah. So I was a scab guy. He wrote about it. Bill Conlon's son was on the uh, Phillies, wasn't he? Yes. He was. I, I think mean, he was, Bill yes. Bill Conlon's son was scab. Yeah. yeah. And it was funny. I was, you know, I did it as Lark and, and did that and wrote about it. And then uh, I covered a little bit of that. And then they t- then they gave me a uh, parole. And they said, do you want to uh, write long pieces and I was like, yes, because I always love to write these kind of sweeping 5,000-word essays. So I went up doing that. Yeah. And, and then, then how the did the Inquirer? Yeah. How did you get to the Inquirer? So I wanted to be a foreign correspondent. And I wanted to cover wars, and I wanted to write about the world. So I go for an interview at the New York Times, and the editor says, we can't hire you from the Post because – it's a fish wrapper, right? Like, it had a bad reputation. It was, you know, uh, you know, it was the post, right? So they were like, even though he's like, listen, you're a really good writer, but you got to get cleansed. So I went, and so I went to the Inquirer. And then when I'm at the Inquirer, and they were great there. Um, I loved the Inquirer. It was only there a short period of time. And then WIP came calling. And I really had no interest in it. I turned them down a couple times. Had you ever done radio at, in any form? Just to fill in. If you remember, there was in Chicago, there was a guy named Jay Mariotti. Yeah. So I used to do his show. And then I did some fill-ins with Ray Dittinger. And I love Ray. It was great. So I worked with Ray. And then one week, uh, Jody Mack was off, and I worked with Glenn. And so Glenn and I did the show. And at the end of the week, they offered the job to me. And I'm like, nah, man, I'm a writer. I'm, you know, whatever. And, you know, newspapers were, if you remember, at that point were kind of. Yeah. And a lot of guys had made that jump. Yeah. Like Angelo and Mr. Angelo, Mike, and yeah. Glenn, Al. Al. Yeah. yeah. So that's in your mind. And so yeah. you made the jump. And uh, uh, how was the trend? Because 
I would think, and you know, when people listen to your radio show, and it's like, you know, to me, you've found your your calling. You know, you you get to be now the fan, and you know, talk to the city and all that stuff. And people are probably like, wow, Ant used to be a writer, like John and I know, and it's and other people know, right, right. But it's like, but it just seems to me like you've kind of found, you know, this is where I'm meant to be. But it was a tough transition at first. It was, or, yeah. yeah. I never forget the first one of the first callers said, "Who's this guy? Sounds like he should should be cutting pepperoni on Ninth Street." <laughs> I'm like, no, man, I'm actually like an accomplished writer, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Did, did, Big, did Bigby, who's your program director, did he try to not change you? Did he try, did he, was he, did he just let you go? Did no, he, he let me rain? go. The only thing he told me, and this is true, I got to tell you a great story. I don't know if you know this story. Um, there was an edict on WIP not to talk baseball. Right, yeah. All so right? We've Bigby hated baseball. Yeah, yeah, Bigby. So, and that was a huge baseball. And listen, yeah. I grew up coming. Right. Right. Phillies, every you know. I got an argument one time because he's like, only old people listen to baseball. And that was coming. That was and coming out of the program sh- director of WIP. I mean, yeah. oh my god, yeah. and that was coming out of the strike too. I think yeah. he, they were real after the strike. I know Bigby. If he didn't like baseball before, he, after the strike, he didn't. He really, he just thought avoid. Yes, yeah. All right, he, so you got this edict out there that you can't talk baseball. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, I want to be able to talk. Like, especially, listen, right. I can talk Eagles. I love talking Eagles. I love talking everything. Just talk Eagles. I'm like, listen, let me just talk. I used to go arguments with him. Yeah. And one day, like, when he would be off, I would sneak <laughs> right. and talk baseball. <laughs> nice. And then, of course, he would call up and find out. So we used to have this push and pull. One day, and it was right before the Phillies renaissance, right? Right before the new ballpark. It was the dying days of the vet. Remember how dark it was? Mm-hmm. And baseball was not was not popular here. And I was killing the Phillies. Kill them. Like, we gotta do something. We gotta get we we need to we need our team back. And remember, this was small market. And it's shame because Ed Wade was a brilliant baseball guy. A great baseball guy. And listen, he you know, he can only do it ownership is tell him. And that quote got taken out of context because it was really the media market, and that's what they were. That's what he meant. Not that we were a small market, anyway. All this stuff, and I'm going on and on, and I got a full board, and people are calling up. Yeah, we got we got to overthrow the uh, this team, and we got to get our Phillies back, and then, yeah, yeah. And then finally, a guy goes, he's got like a a, draw, a little bit of a draw, and he's going, well, you're way too hard, and and he was picking up for ownership. And I'm like, dude, where are you from? And I forget. He said, you know, you don't go matter. Blah, blah, blah. Turns out it was Randy Wolf. Was it really? Was that yes. Right? What? It was Wolf. Get out of here. Wolf was called in. Yes. Wow. And I had no idea it was him. And I'm like, you're not even from here. What do you know about the pain that we have gone through? And I'm yelling at him, and he's yelling at me. Wait, did he finally admit that it was him? Yeah, I found out when I came to the ballpark. Huh. And I think I don't know who told me if he told me. That's funny. I forget how it was, but it was Wolf. Yeah, and I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" I was unbelievable. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, okay. yeah. Ah, uh, well, uh, and so you know, I know you had what, 15 years at WIP, 95, uh, 97, five, the fanatic now, and uh, you know, obviously, you just. You're loving life, and well, you know. Then, then he writes a screenplay well, the for screenplay. the mighty, mighty Max. How, right? how hard? Yeah. How hard is it to get a movie made man so i'm in the middle of it now yeah so i i uh, ask if you have something else brewing. yeah i I, yeah. I you know i love i you know i started doing some some long form of some books and i love film and i love story 
So I'm like, let me try. So I helped out with the, you know, Tim and I work with Tim on that Mighty Max project. And it's a shame because it was a really good story. He did a great job. It should have been bigger. It was during the the housing crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, and w- at that point, they weren't really, uh, indie films were on hold. And it was a different model. You know, like, if that happened today, right. we would have killed it, especially with the growth of female sports, right? Right, right. You know, because that was a bad, it was a great story. It was. It's, it's you know, Immaculata, and it's about, you know, female empowerment through basketball. It was a really good story. And it's a shame because it got buried, and if it was today, it would have been a home run. So now, um, fast uh, rewind back to, like, right before the pandemic, I'd written a piece uh, about... Um, in the 80s, there was a group called the Junior Black Mafia. And it's a really interesting story. So I, I used that, and I created a piece around it. And for uh, this company in, in L.A. And so it was, it was, was going to go, and it, it was greenlit, and the whole thing. We were about to go to paperwork and everything. And then the pandemic hit, which, again, changed everything. So sure. during the pandemic, the producer says, Hey, what else you got? You got anything else? I go, yeah. I go, I want to do this piece. Um, it's like Game of Thrones meets gangsters in 1976 Philadelphia, with the with the bicentennial as the backdrop, and it's Angelo Bruno with Nicky Scarfo in in Atlantic City, banished. It's the Black Mafia. It's um, the Kane Gang, who were the uh, ties to the IRA. It was uh, the Greeks, the motorcycle gangs. Drugs are coming on the scene, right? The, I want to watch this meth. movie. Can you make this thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's get, get this thing excited, excited and, here. And, and, and you have the backdrop of City Hall yeah. and Rizzo, who's right. a Mussolini character. Right. So uh, they love it. So I write this, like, 100-page Bible with all the characters. and Bible, but real- not necessarily screenplay. Is that, like, more of a treatment kind of thing? Or yes. Okay. So yes. the Bible, before you t- when you write a TV series, yep. you have to write a Bible. And this is um, all the characters, the st- why you would write the story, uh, about the story, yep. all the episodes. You know, you have to write, like, five years' worth of episodes of what it would be, five seasons' worth. Wow. So it's, uh, it's really pretty detailed. And the story is an awesome story because there's not a lot of what people know about. And there's kind of cool things about how there was remnants of the Jewish mafia and, you know, how the Italians were, were trying to divest. And then the casino gambling comes to Atlantic City. Uh, and that was the really the impetus in a lot of change. And uh, it revived Nicky Scarfo. And it was a wild, it's a wild ride and it's based off a lot of truth mm-hmm. and i spent a lot of the pandemic talking to a lot of the old guys and hearing all the stories from the streets and it, it's it's really in depth and it's really cool and so in fact the the uh pilot takes place uh new year's eve day and go in 1975 and there is uh there's a new year's eve party where angelo bruno's there and all the guys are there, and uh, there, there's a there's an attempted hit, and then everybody's going through. The next day comes, and they're going they're looking for the shooters through the Mummers Parade, mm. and it's very um, ah. uh, colorful. And there's a main character that I invented, who is 
drops acid, and so he's on acid the whole time. At a mummer's museum or a mummer's parade? Right. So <laughs> he's like, imagine this scene where yeah, yeah. you're with family and these characters, right? And they're taking shapes and forms, and then you have the mummer's parade where everybody's dressed up, and there's mm-hmm. like, there's a, like a there's a hell theme, a hellscape theme to it. Like so, there's like some undertones, and it's really really cool. So I'm in the middle of trying to get this done. I, you know, I meet with people, and the movie is the the TV show is the prequel to the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So it has a lot to do. So I, it's pretty intense. But you probably get pitched uh, by other projects as well. Um, in fact, I even put you in touch with yes. a guy because it's about this free agent fan. Yeah, which was interesting. Which I think I think is a great story in itself. It's a wonderful so, story. Yeah. About how he chose Philadelphia. I don't know what happened to him. I don't know. He, he kind of, you know, these these things come and go. Yeah. It's 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 amazing. Mm-hmm. I have like about a dozen stories that I'm writing. Uh, I'm writing all the time. I just write at night and just you know pick whatever mood I'm in and just work on it. Yeah. And it's an interesting. You know, we worked. Uh, I, I helped out with Hustle with Jeremiah yeah. Zagar. Yeah. Who yeah. is uh, who grew up on and I love this guy with Seven and South. And he did uh, the movie Hustle with Adam Sandler, and they really connected with the city. That movie was great, and yeah. I thought it was really uh, very authentic. You know, certainly the like the the scenes and the Wells Fargo, yeah, and the behind man. the scenes, and the players' involvement. And you got the cameo, but I thought the movie was really good they and very authentic. They did a great authentic. job, yeah. man. They, yeah. they really they they took a lot. And you know what I love is that. We're really creative people. And, John, you know it because you're in the middle with a lot of, you know, we have so many great movie stars. But Miles, who is such a big Phillies fan, yeah. I, you know, I, I was with you guys during the, the, the Phillies Padres in yep. the World Series. And Miles Teller, who's such a great, great Phillies fan. Yeah. And, you know, it, I love, like, i just very passionate about our town. And I want to do, like, my ultimate goal is to do a production company that focuses on Philadelphia-centric stories mm. and brings them That's to awesome. the I love it. small screen and the big screen. Because we were underutilized I as agree. a town. I agree. Yeah. And we have Sharon Pickinson to yes. champion that cause. That's right. Oh, down with it. Ant, that's great stuff. Ah, uh, John, we, we could go on with Ant for we, we could hours upon end. But, but we want to respect his time. Yes. Yes, uh, we do. I love you guys. I, I swear <laughs> to God. Love you right I, back, Ant. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And uh, you got the quiz. Thanks for the visit. Let's get down to business. Now here's your chance to show how much you really know. He might get grumpy if he can't stop you with Brazier's Quiz. 
I have the quiz. All right, Dan. So uh, thank you so much for doing this. By oh the way. my God! Yeah. As Tom said, we can we can talk for hours, but uh, we'll have to have you on again. Yeah, I'm we'll, in. We'll, we'll we'll talk about next year's playoff run. Uh, all right. So it's eight questions. It is multiple choice. It's about your life, Ansa. You about your this. life. It's <laughs> you got six, You got to get six out of eight. Okay, and uh, we're going to dig up something from that. You know what? I've got a World Series scarf I'm going to give you. I'll give you anyway. You paid big money for that scarf. <laughs> big money for that scarf. Uh, if you get six out of eight, but I, I've, I'm confident you will do well. All right, you ready? Yes. All right, so as you mentioned, you went to Temple University. Which of these celebrities did not go to Temple? Now, we've had a couple other Temple people on here. I tried to change it up, but I, I probably didn't do it. It's <laughs> probably the same list. So it's probably the same list, but who did not go to Temple? Okay, is it A... Actor Tom Sizemore, who was born in the 4th of July, right. saving Private Ryan. Was it Diplo, who's a DJ songwriter, uh, comedian Carrot Top, or Kevin Nagani, ESPN anchor on SportsCenter? Who was my guest today? And we. Who, oh, really? Yeah. Kevin Kevin That's I, ironic. I, I love that guy. I, he's the best. Yeah, Serendipitous, he's, he's a big word. Yeah. <laughs> I know that he went to Temple. Yes. And I know Tom Sizemore went to Temple. So it's between Diplo and Carrot Top. And I think it was Carrot Top did not go to Temple. Carrot Top did not go to Temple. <laughs> yes. You are one I for one. I thought Diplo went to Temple. <laughs> All, right. All right. All right. Yes. Which Bang. of these celebs, you mentioned uh, your grandmother uh, has a place in South Philly. Which of these celebs did not grow up in South Philly? Did not grow up in South Philly, okay? Three All right. celebs did. One did not. All right. Sherman Hemsley, who played George Jefferson. Oh, my God. Up. Yes. All right. Actor James Caan, Sonny and Godfather, Chubby Checker, or Larry Fine from the Three Stooges. Okay. So I know for a fact that Sherman, that Sherman Hemsley was from South Philly. I know for a fact that Larry Fine was from South yeah, Philly. You can see it right on uh, South right? Street. I know that. So it's between Chubby Checker and James Caan. And so I'm going to go... With James Conn. James Conn is correct. correct. Yes. Correct. Hey, hey, yeah, since, you know, I've always wanted to be a uh, movie maker, too. Uh, did you know that the Philly, uh, James Conn is in my movie? Uh, what's the, what was uh, the name yeah, of the movie? We've got a, a Fanatic a couple movies. Fanatic Goes but, Hollywood? Uh, uh, Fanatic Goes Hollywood. Yeah. We, we, we got access to the uh, Fox Studio lot. No! Yeah, yeah. So we're shooting uh, this stuff with the Fanatic, and they brought us into the uh, that uh, show Casino. Yes! Uh, that was on t TV. What was it? Casino? Uh, yeah, yeah, Casino. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, there were a bunch of Philly guys who were and doing James that Conn, show. What, yeah, James Conn was in that. But yeah. James Conn's walking through the lot. And the fanatics walking by, and video Dan Stevenson. You know, I love it. Yeah, video Dan Stevenson doing this thing, and James Conn turns around. And he's like, "That's a Philly fanatic. What are you doing here?" And then he kind of walks off. I'm like, you know, let's save that footage. And sure enough, we put it in there. Like, should we get permission to use James right. Conn? Like, no, no. I just want to be able to say, "Yeah, James Conn's in my movie." Yeah. Oh, that's ah, great. That's right. That's great. And we I had Frankie, Frankie Avalon. We went to his. We called him. I called him on a whim. Uh, he didn't know me, uh, but he picked up. Oh, Phillies, I love the Phillies, love the Fanatic. Yeah, come on out. So we got invited to his home. Uh, Fanatic's out by the pool, uh, <laughs> and then he makes a cheesesteak for the Fanatic. No! And then he sends him on his way. And yeah, it was Did you have a bathing great. suit on? Fanatic uh, have a bathing suit on? No, 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 no. But Frankie, you know, hey, so big stars uh, in, in my movie. Awesome, we'll, have to, we'll have to exchange notes after yeah, the oh my uh, God. podcast. I need your agent, James Conn. Hey, big time Charlie, I'm in the middle of a quiz All here. Right, go ahead. Right. Sorry, I had to get that in. All right. Uh, your nickname's obviously the Cuz, right? Yeah. So which of these celebrity pairs are not cousins? Okay. Three, three are and, and first cousins. Wow, yeah. really? Three of these celebrities are first cousins. One... 
or one's not. Okay, mm. Whitney Houston and Dionne Warwick. Okay. Okay. Nicholas Cage and Sofia Coppola. I know that they are. Snoop right? Dogg and Brandy. Uh, Charles Nelson Riley and Gene Rayburn. So I know the first two are. I know that Whitney is. Yeah. And I know that. Uh, now I'm, I don't think Snoop and Brandy are cousins. You're gonna go that one. Oh, I, well, I, I, I'm wrong, but I, well, I'll go that one. Yeah, I'll take the L. It's, yeah, the, it's Charles Nelson Riley and Gene Raver <laughs> from I, Match Game 75. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know who they are. Oh. They, they, they're from Match Game, uh, you know, the guy with the tall yeah. microphone. And, probably, uh, I don't know those probably, two. No, probably Ant's a not thing. a big TV guy. Charles like, Nelson he, Riley wore the ascot on, on Match uh, Game 76. I was Gene like, Raver I had no idea. Yeah, that's two. all right. I'll, 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 I'll go Brandy. All I don't right. know Brandy with Snoop. Yeah, they're, they're first guns. All right. You were a writer for the Philadelphia Inquirer, as we discussed, the nation's third oldest uh, sur- uh, surviving daily newspaper. What year was it founded? Okay, wow. was it 1829, 1850, 1862, or 1795? So 1829, 1850, 1862, and 1795. Tom, do you know this answer? I do not. You can use Tom as a lifeline if you really not, want don't, to. Don't use me for this one. Okay. So, uh-oh. Uh, this is, uh, so 1829, 1850, 1862, 1795. So, if we're going to deduce, listen, we're the birthplace of a nation, right? Yeah, so, baby. I, I want to go the earliest 1800s. So, would you say 18? 1829. Yes. It's correct. Yeah. Uh, nice Your deduction, deduction was very yeah. good. Very right. I knew it wouldn't be. It, it was too early in the 1700s, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yes. So you got to figure. Good it would, call. Yeah. All, All right. Over. Your next two questions are about. Uh, you're doing very well. Three for four. Your next two questions are about two of your favorite people. We've talked about one. We have not talked about the other. So the first one is Larry Boa. Yes, he's the second. <laughs> Which one of these managers did not have Charlie Manuel as a player? So Charlie played under these managers. Three of them he played under. One he did not. Okay. Wow. As a player. Billy Martin. Okay. Tatsuro Haruka. <laughs> okay, I do know that. Sparky Anderson, Walter Alston. So who did he not play under? Billy Martin, Tatsuro Haruka, Sparky Anderson, Walter Alston. Okay, so he played definitely played under Walter Alston with the Dodgers. Yeah. He definitely played under Kuroda with the uh, Haruka. Swallows. Haru- yeah, the sw- yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, so then it's between Billy, Billy Martin, Martin and Sparky and Anderson. Sparky. So, I remember him telling me a Billy Martin story. See, I, I know he told me a Billy Martin story. Yes. I, so, I'm going to go with, I'll say Sparky Anderson. Uh, Sparky Anderson is correct. Billy Martin was. Can you yeah. imagine Charlie Manuel as a player underneath <laughs> Billy yeah. Martin? I would pay to see that. Like, right? I remember him saying that. I tell me, I'm serious. I remember him telling yeah. me the story about Billy Martin. So, you know, oh, my God, yeah. that's awesome. Hey, yeah, the other thing me and John have talked about before that we pay to see, and that's when Charlie's playing in Japan, oh. and, they're th- and they're throwing at him because he's hitting home runs, and he's the American and the crazy red devil. But him going after one of their pitchers, yeah. and, and the pitcher just turning around and running out to the outfield. Right, right. Doesn't want any piece of Charlie. Ah. <laughs> Do you, he tell you the story when uh, – he went to the bath, the bathhouse. Yes, house. yes. Oh, yeah. great story. We had him on our podcast, yeah, yeah. and Charlie told that he story. Told that that's one. a great yeah, one. Where he, you know, just for the listeners that didn't hear that podcast, but I definitely ask you to go back yeah, and go listen. go back to the archive. Because, to because it. Charlie talked about when he first gets to Japan, he was, didn't realize how much conditioning was me- meant to the 
you know, the Japanese baseball program, whatever. So the first day there, they have him running up a mountain. He's running up a mountain. And Charlie's a big man. Yeah. Right? He's a big home run hitter, big man. And he's exhausted. And they put him in a bathhouse by himself with no clothes on. He's just soaking in this bath. And he said he fell asleep. Fell asleep. So, so yeah, tired. Yeah. He said he woke up with like 30 <laughs> naked women all around him. And he thought he was in a dream. <laughs> Hey, you know, they, they never saw muscles like mine. Oh, yeah, <laughs> tell you what, tell you what, coach. Uh, all right, uh, Larry Boa. What did Larry Boa hit in the 1980 World Series? What was his average in the 1980 World Series? That a good series. You, you can use. I do know that. You can use Tom as your life on if you okay. want. But you okay. don't have to. Was it 310, 375, 295, 333? All right. So it's definitely in the 300s. I remember this because I remember he had a a monster. Monster series. I'm going to go 375. 375, Bang. man. You're on a roll. You're on a roll. Two more. Right, John? Two more. That's I love Bo. How great is Larry He's Bo? He's the best. We had him yes. on our podcast. Yes. You can go back and listen to that Listen podcast. to that, everybody. Talk about he's how awesome. he, he still can, like, he breaks and break it down. He knows the game still. I mean, he's he, unbelievable. He's amazing. He is. He, he is. really is. He's and great. You know what? He's sharp. We, and when we do our fantastic auction, which we usually do in the spring, uh, one of the last couple of years, we've had someone that has the opportunity to have uh, Charlie and Larry coach their team. It could oh. be a high school team, yeah. could be a middle school team, could be a little league team. You got a bid yeah, on you it. You got a bid and on have, that. Ant. Have Charlie and, oh my, and Larry. That's my dream. Bid on my, bid my on, guys. Bid on Massimo's baseball team. Oh my god! Right? Forget about it. Right. That'd be awesome. <laughs> All right. Question number seven. You're on a roll. You are now what? You're uh, five for six, I think. Right. So in 1972, as you mentioned. 72, right? Immaculata College? Yes. Yes, won it, 72. Right? Won the national championship. You wrote the screenplay for the Mighty Max. Which team was not on their schedule? Now, I went back and looked Ooh. at their schedule. <gasps> which team was not wow. Which team was not on their schedule? Jeez. LaSalle, Rosemont College, Federal City, Gwynedd Mercy College. So, I, I know they played Rosemont, and then they played Gwynedd Mercy. So I'm going to go, would you say city? LaSalle and Federal City. I'm going to say Federal City. No, LaSalle. LaSalle. I've never even heard of Federal City. I don't even know what Federal City is. But I looked at their schedule. Huh. They play Federal City? Yeah, I don't even know I what, know know what, what that is. I don't know what? where that is or what I thought you is. made it up. They no. didn't play La- they played LaSalle. They, they did not play. play. They did not play huh. LaSalle. Oh, my God. Yeah, I looked All at right. that. Well, guess All what? Right. He, uh, Anthony no. needs this need one, this this one to qualify. Yeah. All right. All I need right. that scarf, we're man. Going, we're no, going, no pressure, Ant. We're going current. You lose, but no pressure. We're going current, Ant. All right. All right. Who led the 2022 Phillies in doubles with 33? Led the Phillies in doubles with 33. Was it JT, JT Real Muto? Was it Bryce Harper? Was it Nick Cassianos? Or was it Reese Hoskins? Okay, so let me let I need deduction here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. What are the choices right. again? Uh, JT, Bryce, Nick, or Reese Hoskins? You can use Tom if you want to, if you want to, because he doesn't know these, these answers. Yeah, these you questions could, are. Tough when it when he's doubles. trying to get a number like that. Ah. Well, just it's true, but as uh, good at deduction. Uh, J- J- professional. Well, JT had that amazing run. Remember when Bryce got hurt? Yes. And he carried us for a long time. I, I'm Bryce because Bryce got hurt. Yep. I'm going to remove Bryce. Okay. Nick had a rough year. Yep. We're going to move remove Nick. I think he comes back and hits next year. Because I'm a believer in the back of the baseball card. Uh, so so it's JT between and Reese. and Reese. So I'm going to say Reese. 
Reese is correct. Yes. He wins the scarf. Yes. I, th- yes. I, th- I, th- I, th- I thought you were going JT because that was the first words, uh, you know, JT out of your mouth. What would you, you know, have before said? I would have gone JT. You would have gone JT. Yeah. Well, the right. reason why I didn't go JT was because, remember, he had a little bit of a rough patch, mm. you know, for the beginning part of the season. Like, really, yeah, yeah. he got hot. He, he had an incredible, like, right around the middle of July. Yeah. He starts to get hot, and he had a great August. And it, so – I, Reese, Reese is. I think Reese has a big year this year. I do too. You know, I, I you know, just contract year. Yeah, and I, I just. And if uh, Nick, you're saying Nick's gonna have a big year. I do. I listen, 2023, I, baby. You know, bring it on. Yeah, let's and go. He's have a lot of we protection. got Trey Turner. Yeah, are yeah. you kidding me? Yes. And then we get. And listen, we're gonna see the kids this year at some point. Yep. You're not. You're not gonna throwers. see the shift. I know. Yeah, no shift. Right? That's going to be so, huge. It's awesome. And this has been a lot of fun. Uh, really appreciate it. You know, we've John and I have had a lot of guests for the last four years. Our favorite guests are the ones and the people we admire most are people who you can just see the love they have for what they do. And uh, it's just great to have, you know, your enthusiasm, part of the city. It's been part of the fabric, just like you know, I Philly's. love you guys, so, man. Uh, I we do. appreciate you being I, here. I mean, man. I'm looking at that pennant, right? Yes. And I like I can imagine when we were kids – my mother uh, and, and my aunt Cookie, my mom, they call her sister, and my aunt Cookie would take me, my cousin, and my sister. We would go to games, probably 40, 50 games a year. And, like, I see that Phillies pennant, I had it. Like, yeah. that was a happy place for me. The Phillies were always something. They were just a, a constant. They were a, a friend. And I love them. And I love you guys. You guys are amazing what you do. Tell the fanatic hello. And I love you guys, man. Thank Thanks, you man. for having me. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. I guess we're signing off, John. This was great. Hey, it's, happy holidays to you guys, too. You know, this is all good. Our next great show time will be in 2023. 2023. And then next thing you know, we're going to be down spring training, John. So uh, we're pumped for that. So uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Happy holidays. See you next time on Phillies Backstage.